Welcome back to Toronto Today here on TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, the iHeartRadio app. I'm Andy McNamara with you till 1. Steve Eliopoulos spinning the tunes back there. Steve, who was that? Uh, Clean Bandit featuring Demi Lovato. Demi Lovato. Is that the, is that the one who sang Frozen? Is that yeah. the Frozen girl? <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> you, can, you can tell tell him a father. It's like, yeah, the Frozen one. That's the that's only, all I have. That's every parent's cop out answer. That's all I have. Ooh, is it? Is that the is that girl the Frozen from Frozen? One? Yeah. No. It wasn't. No, it's not. No. I thought it was. No. Are you sure? I think she's saying like the end credits. I, I think she had something to do with it. I tried to watch Frozen. What, you're I got a two man. minutes in. Hey, I enjoy cartoons. Like, have you ever seen Zootopia? Yes, with my children. How great is that movie? It's okay. Come Sorry, on, Joe. It's okay. He's right. If, if you don't she, watch it with kids, it gets weird. Song in Frozen. She ah! was in Frozen? Yeah. Let it go. Yeah. Demi no, it Lovato. Let it, go. No, that it was, it was, it was, it was. Sorry, it was Let It, it go. was. Yeah, wow. Okay. Yes. So who is the woman that like got all the prestige from singing in Frozen on like the Oscars that one night? Oh, it was like, I think the main character sings it, but then for some reason they have Demi Lovato also sing it. Oh, well, that's kind of that strange. Kind of sucks for the main character. Yeah, like, why like, couldn't hey. she have the song? It's the Tom Brady voice after Aaron Rodgers gets signed. Hey, Kristen Bell, no? Kristen Bell was yeah. on Princess Anna. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's some hot Frozen talk, folks. Yikes! We just hit a different demographic. <laughs> Preschoolers, right in my wheelhouse. Getting in the car, mom. Put on Toronto today. We're going to school. We're talking Disney movies, people. <laughs> yes, I think the Browns can make the playoffs this year. <laughs> Was it how we should put up a poll? How weird is it that Joe Narsa with no children watches all the uh, kids' movies? Put it up. A I very like Toy weird. Story. A very weird. B also very weird. C weird. <laughs> C just with like the eye emoji. Like I don't know what's going on here. C just Joe. <laughs> so there you go. Demi Lovato. If it comes up in a trivia question, you got it. Uh, let's get back to our Twitter polls here. At AndyMC81, at TSN 1050 Radio. You can vote in our Leafs poll, which is, are you surprised the Leafs haven't done anything of significance to upgrade their defense? You can vote there. But I want to get to our second Twitter poll, and we have some great ones rolling in here. Okay, now if you go to Twitter, I retweeted it, and it came from the 1050 account, at TSN 1050 Radio, at AndyMC81. It's me looking dejected. Uh, holding up my what turns out to be unauthentic Baker Mayfield walk-on hoodie. The same one he wore when he got drafted, first overall by the Browns. The point is, he got walked on to two different schools, won the Heisman. He's an overcomer, and I thought, yeah, that walk-on attitude, I love it. So I bought one for uh, $50. Turns out last week, Baker came out and said, hey, these are all fakes. My real ones are coming out soon. I ordered mine like two months ago, so I'm screwed. So we asked the question, what is the worst knockoff sports paraphernalia you've ever purchased? You guys have had some great examples on Twitter, but let's go behind the glass here. Mine is obviously this uh, uh, my, my walk-on hoodie, which I still will wear uh, proudly. Steve Eliopoulos, what's your, what's your knockoff gear here? What's your paraphernalia, the I worst have, knockoff? I have a fake Brett Laurie jersey. A fake and, one, yeah, and it's it's decent. I paid okay. like thirty bucks for it. It's decent, but you know the bottom, like the tag, the majestic tag. Yeah, yeah, it's all spelt wrong. Everything's spelt. Wrong. Wow. Athletic gear is spelt wrong. But you know what? If you it looks tell. good, who's going to notice that? Yeah. They're going to be like, "Oh, majestic spelt wrong." And and I also got a medium, and it's like a triple XL <laughs> on me. So <laughs> it's just a knockoff. Joe Narsa, what do you got? 
Uh, mine is also a knockoff Brett Laurie jersey. Right, hold, hold on. Did you guys buy in bulk here? <laughs> no. <Did you> guys <laughs> buy... <laughs> Maybe we have the same connection. Double knockoff Brett Laurie. So you guys are like, I like Brett Laurie, but not enough to spend full price. You were just like, on. you were just like, eh, I'm not sure about this okay, guy. Okay, so here's what happened. My A buddy of mine messaged me. He goes, hey, listen, I can get some Blue Jays jerseys. Like, um, do you want one? I said, cool, I'm down. I'm like, get me a Brett Laurie jersey. He's like, all right, done. That's it. That was the extent of the conversation. That was it. He goes, do you want a blue or a white one? I was like, ah, I want a white one. I hey, get... mine's white too. Yeah, exactly, oh. right? Yeah, there you go. So I get the bring jersey. Bring that in tomorrow. Yeah. I get the jersey. Yeah, we'll bring him in. I'll get the jersey. I open. I get it in like this bag. It kind of looks like the worst. You know those sandwich bags that you fold over? Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Like and the crumbs are all in your lunchbox. Like that kind of sandwich bag. And I open the jersey and there's already a massive thread loose on the no. sleeve. And then the numbers are like really small and really high. So like the jersey actually fits amazing. But it looks bad. And then the collar the collar it comes down really low. Like Oh, like a major V neck. Like, like you Euro, gotta wear something. Like a Euro V neck. So you have to wear something underneath. Exactly. You gotta wear a gold chain. That's what he's talking well, about. Yeah, it's an aggressive V neck. And then you know what's the kicker? We're, uh, we're into upper abs on this V-neck. Yeah. Okay. The ki- yeah, abs. The <laughs> kicker is there's a like button right in between the Blue Jays logo. Okay. Which in every baseball jersey you don't have if you have logos that cross the chest. There's right. no button in the middle. No. And my tag on the bottom, and Steve's was saying too, are tags on the bottom that like say majestic or whatever. There's like spelling errors. That's tremendous. Yeah. That is really good. Let's hear some Twitter replies here at TSN 1050 Radio at Andy MC81. Worst bit of sports paraphernalia, knockoff paraphernalia you have. Have from at Dave Ross seven one seven says a David Clarkson winner classic jersey. Ooh, yeesh! I bet that cost a pretty penny too. Remember the hype behind David Clarkson? It's like yeah, he's like Wendell. He's tough and he wants to be here. And Wendell was his favorite player. And then he got suspended for for jumping whoever was picking on Phil Kessel. And then he just sucked. That's a lot of coin for David Clarkson jersey. This is an interesting one from at B underscore R underscore Mitch. Says, spider ski pants at a mall in Bangkok. That's awesome right there. Came with all the tags and labels. Turned out not to be warm or waterproof. Triple XL sizing should have been a warning sign since I normally wear large at best. A mall in Bangkok getting sports gear. That's great. So you just reminded me, um, I have... A red and navy blue. Okay, now think of the color scheme I just said. Red Red and navy Navy blue. Nike windbreaker that was purchased in Lebanon. In Lebanon. So my dad was there. That is not authentic. That is not authentic. So my dad was there. uh, He was working for like a spray booth company. So he went over there and he was talking to some people and he went to like the market or the stores or whatever. I don't know what they have in Lebanon, to be honest. He probably have malls. Right. I would assume. Probably some. And he like comes back and he's like, oh, hey, look look what I got you. And I'm like, how much did you pay for this? And he's like, oh, like five bucks. I'm like, (laughs) this is going to be great. This is. So I put this jacket on. 
It was a men's large. Okay. Andy, I gotta fit me, you, and Steve in this jacket. <laughs> and the best part it's was one of the sleeves was significantly shorter than oh, the other one. Oh, yes. So I can only wear the jacket by pulling up the sleeves. You have to roll it up. Yeah. So it's like the. That's so good. It's like the jacket in the house that everybody does things with. Like, up, oh, gotta go cut the grass. Yep, put it on. Put on the stupid jacket. <laughs> and yeah, it's pretty bad. Like it's the tan crazy. on that, if you have them full length, like you'll have like a quarter arm tan. That is really good. Here's another one. Worst knockoff piece of sports paraphernalia at TSN 1050 Radio at AndyMC81 from at Moots1977. says, once bought a Brazil jersey with name and number off eBay for $40 Canadian. I know it's fake, but it's a good quality fake. Okay, you know what? That doesn't sound like the worst purchase. If it's a fake, but you're happy with it, that's okay. And at KBrown3194 says... One of these ordered a blue Leafs jersey. Got this. <laughs> Have you seen that? Yeah, he got a red. <laughs> he got a red Maple Leaf jersey. Marner, a red Maple Leaf Canada Mitch Marner jersey. It's like a combo with the Maple Leaf logo, but with Team Canada like arms. He got what's great. He basically got the like create a jersey on EA Sports, like yeah. on NHL, like 04. He got the created jersey, red Maple Leaf jersey, apparently. It's got, like, Team Canada sleeves. Yeah. And the kicker is the Adidas logo on the back. That's, oh. what, that's what gets me. I'm like, I that is very this. classy. I kind of want this, though. Like me this is too. Like, a Team Canada, but with the Leaf logo and Marner on the back. That's bad, but at the same point, I'm kind of... Maybe, well, imagine this is, like, the Leafs, like, Color Rush jerseys. Oh, they should totally do that. Color rush. Well, oh. they did the whiteout, which was weird. Remember the those pants were horrible. They just, I don't know. Yeah, like it was red color works. rush. Let's do it. Red, Chris Brown, get it started. Red color rush at K Brown three one nine four. Well done. We'll circle back to that if you want to tweet in your piece of terrible sports memorabilia that's fake. I have my walk on Baker Mayfield hoodie, which I still will wear. I still will. I'll still do it. Uh, at Agent Double O Jack says, I bought a knockoff Blackhawks jersey with Taves and a C on it. Looks okay, except the C was so far to the left it was under my armpit. <laughs> Who makes these? Is there no, I guess there's no quality check in the fake knockoff jersey industry. So I have a friend of a friend who's a huge Buffalo Bills fan. I told you this story. We were getting a coffee. I don't know yeah. if you remember. This is kind of how we got onto this topic. Yeah. So he. Wanted a Tyrod Taylor jersey. Oh, yes. Okay, go. Okay, so yeah. he goes online. He's like, oh, unreal. He got the red one. Remember when they had the third yeah, jersey? Sharp. So he went and got the red one, the retro college look. He was so excited. He paid like not even 40 bucks for this thing. Thinks he's Shipping got a steal. Thinks he's, he's like, got a steal. Texting the boys, like getting the Tyrod jersey boys. Yeah. Opens it. It's five. Okay, good. Okay? The good start. Fits great. Yep. It's All a Bill's the, jersey. Yep, Bill's jersey. Okay. All the logos are like really well done. Okay. Name on the back, Tim Tebow. No. Wow. So he ended up with a Tim Tebow Buffalo Bills jersey, and he goes, what can I do with this? I'm, I'm screwed. I can't fix it. That's I can't a conversation starter. That is a conversation starter. You wear that out, you are becoming the center of attention no matter what group you walk in if they're Bills fans. They're like, what is happening? And I had a buddy of mine get a bootleg jersey from NHL.com. From NHL.com? Yeah. So... Can and, they send? Did he send it back? 
Well, he has the option to, but he ended up keeping it because of how funny this jersey was. Yeah. So, and I've actually told Colton Orr this story because it's oh. his jersey. Nice. Did he love it? He was like, I need to sign this thing. It's yeah. horrendous. I love it. So, my buddy Dom was like, my favorite player. Of course, I have a buddy Dom. His favorite player on the lease was Colton Orr. Okay. He, so, first birthday, he told his mom, he goes, please get me a Colton Orr jersey. She said, no problem. She went on NHL.com. She paid full pop. Full price. Now, when you Authentic. order a jersey online from NHL.com, when you choose a player's name, there's a drop down menu. So, it says their last name, comma, first name. So, you know who you're getting. Exactly. Yeah. So, a, Colton Orr's first name is spelled C-O-L-T-O-N. Right. Um, on his jersey, the back plate said Orr space Colton instead of just Orr. So in case any of our listeners don't know how jerseys work, it's the last name. Only. Only the last name. It said Orr space Colton and NHL.com misspelled Colton Orr's name because is... it was C-O-L-T-I-N. Wow. And when I told Colton Orr about this, he goes, honestly, Joe, that's amazing. But like to give some credit to NHL.com, how many Colton Orr jerseys have been made over the last <laughs> few years? But the, at least you know the process that it's yeah. just the last name. Yeah, how amazing right? is that? He got a bootleg jersey from NHL.com. So that means NHL.com, I think their practices need to be investigated. That means they ship that out like way offshore. Like, off offshore. 100%. You're on, you're on, like, a little island somewhere, like, secretly. And then you ship it back. I like the Blackhawks jersey, though, with the C under the armpit. It's like, who's the captain? It's like, right here. Lift up your arm. <laughs> From Toronto Bank, it says, Growing up, jerseys were a special item. You got at Christmas or birthdays because of the horribly inflated prices. Now that... Oh, wait, wait, hold on. Let me make sure. Uh, you know what? We're going to uh, not read that one from Toronto Baghead. Caught ourselves there. That's good. Uh, but you can, you can tweet tweet in yours uh, at TSN1050radio at AndyMC81. Did you have a, uh, a Colton Orr jersey story? A Tim Tebow slash Tyrod Taylor story? Or, like me, a knockoff hoodie from a first overall quarterback pick? There you go. And let's give a quick uh, Twitter update, too, from our... Leafs poll, which is the Leafs offseason, and we're in good shape, right? We're in good shape. We know we're doing good. We got Tavares. Everybody's happy, but there's still the defensive question lingering. You'd like it to be better. Are you surprised with the Leafs training camp just around the corner that the Maple Leafs haven't done anything of significance to improve the defense? Yes, it's their biggest weakness. No, they're being patient. Or no, not much out there. Leading the way, 44% say no, they're being patient. 37%, 37%, no, not much out there. And yes, biggest weakness is at just 19%. So it seems like Leafs Nation is okay being patient. Maybe see how Travis Dermott comes up, see how everybody gels, and then come eh, Christmas time, right? That first kind of chunk of the season's done, then decide where you're at. We're going to step aside after the break. Some Blue Jays talk. Maybe a little Leafs as well with Steve Simmons from the Toronto Sun here on Toronto Today. Back to Toronto today on TSN 1050. Andy McNamara with you till 1 p.m. Then it's the Scott MacArthur Show with Gareth Wheeler. You can follow us on Twitter at TSN 1050 Radio at AndyMC81. You can answer our poll question of, are you surprised with Leafs training camp coming up quick that the Maple Leafs haven't done anything of significance to improve the defense? Yes, it's their biggest weakness. No, they're being patient. Or no, not much out there. We'll get to some of those results a little bit later on. But let's... Welcome in our guest from the Toronto Sun, Steve Simmons. Steve, how are you? I'm well. Good to be here. Absolutely. Steve, I want to go over Leafs, Jays. We'll sprinkle in a little bit of everything with you today. Um, so let's start with the Leafs poll question, how, how you would answer it as far as 
We're all happy with the Tavares signing, the center, the goaltending. The defense is still hanging over a little bit of a cloud. Are you surprised that the Leafs haven't addressed it in a, a bigger way this offseason? No, I'm not. And I think one of the things that they need to find out is they need to find out about the players they have. Mm-hmm. And if you look from about 5 to 10 on their depth chart, there's, I would say, capable or possible NHL defensemen. So, you know, what does Travis Dermott become in his second year? Mm-hmm. Uh, what does Callie Rosen become if he makes the team? Like, there, there, are, there, are, peop- there are parts here that the Leafs are optimistic about. And there's a good group, you know, getting all the way down to um, Lilligren from, from the first pick from last year. And I guess you won't even consider Rasmus Dahlin yet. Or not Rasmus Dahlin. Um, Sandin, yeah. The, so, yes. Him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the, uh, their first pick this year. So they're, they're pretty deep on defense organizationally. Hmm. Now the question is, which of those guys does, can the Russian play? Can Zeta, you know, bounce back? Uh, so I think there's some answers internally they need to know before they necessarily, you know, go after a big piece, if they even go after a big piece, because that's an expensive proposition. And then that plays into, you know, you know, taking away from your real strength as a team, and that's, that's your, your depth and, 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 and speed and skill up front. Yeah, I'm with you, Steve. I think that it'll probably be something along the lines of the first chunk of the season and the first kind of line in the sand will be the the Christmas break. How do they see? Have they seen enough? Are they still intrigued? And then after that, the the, the ultimate trade deadline. But to see Yak, because, hey, you know what? If you get Travis Dermott and other guys coming up and impressing, then those are in your system. Those are on your team now. Those are, are free. You don't have to pay anything else for them. Well, let's let's go back a year. The Washington Capitals... When they, um, after they beat the Leafs, were eliminated in the playoffs, and they changed three of their six defensemen over the summer. They, you know, Alsner went, and and Norm, and Schmidt went to uh, Vegas, and you know there was a lot of change there. And everyone said that this team can't possibly compete. They're they're not they're a non-contender now. Well, they won the cup. Yeah, and and they won the cup with a defense that I would say is not a whole lot better, a little tougher than the Leafs' defense, but not a whole lot better than the Leafs' defense. And with a, a number one, who's Carlson, who's he's a good NHL defenseman, no question, but is he that much better than Morgan Riley? I don't know. And I think, I think there's, you know, you look at the last two seasons, there was no stud-stud defenseman on, on the two Stanley Cup winners. Hmm. Uh, and and so maybe maybe you know teams look now and say if we have the puck we don't have to defend as much if we do a right. really good job in the neutral zone we don't have to defend as much which is what what the, which is what the Capitals did I mean they absolutely killed it in the neutral zone yeah and, and then the Penguins before them and so you know there's different ways of you know the standard template which we saw for years is you needed that eight defenseman to win a cup. Mm-hmm. You needed Drew Doughty. You needed Duncan Keith. You needed Zdeno Chara. You needed Pronger or Niedermeyer. Uh, the last few years have proven that there's other ways to do it. In conversation with Steve Simmons, Toronto Sun, columnist on Twitter, at Simmons Steve. Okay, Steve, let's jump 
to the Blue Jays here. And we put out a poll question yesterday, and I thought it was going to be pretty one-sided. Anything but. People have been tearing at each other on, on Twitter over it. And the question was this. Two years since the Blue Jays have had any sort of success, who's to blame for the Jays' struggles? We, I want to point fingers. I want to say it's your fault. And so we put out as the options uh, the current regime of Shapiro and Atkins or Alex Anthopoulos for the, the uh, thing was, okay, well, bad contracts was kind of going for it, but then didn't go all the way. Who was to blame? And it was, it was leaning more towards Shapiro Atkins, but it was much closer than I thought. Who do you blame for the demise of the Jays? Well, you want to point fingers? You need about five of them. <laughs> because every finger is going to go in a different direction. I think Shapiro and Atkins inherited a really nice situation and didn't enhance it. Yes. You can put that on them. 100%. Um, circumstances have played such a role in what's happened here. Circumstances that you would never even consider. Um, Josh Donaldson missing basically an entire season. Yeah. Aaron Sanchez missing basically an entire season. Marcus Stroman being really average and a little bit injured. Uh, and, and so the strength of the Jays coming into this season with Stroman Sanchez, Hap Estrada, was the starting pitching. Well, other than Hap, it didn't work out that way, and he became the obvious piece to trade. So who do you blame when your stars are going down? When you know, I, I don't like the Tulowitzki story. And what I don't like about that is why did they wait so long before having surgery, which right. meant he, he basically lost the entire season. And, and, and so you look at each thing. Some of the... Some of the decisions are organizationally. Some of the decisions are for the players. You know what I don't like about Shapiro and Atkins is they strike me as garage sale operators. Okay. You know they're they'll they'll, they'll pick up a Salarte. They'll pick up a Teoscar Hernandez. They'll pick up you know sort of Randall Gritchett. They'll pick if you look at almost every guy they picked up, they're all below 300 on base percentage or right around 300 on base percentage. Yeah. Throw Granderson like, in there too. Like, you know, you can't win in the major league no. when you're doing that. Look at look at the, the Phillies are an interesting team because there's a lot of young guys that you don't really know very well that they picked up from other teams. They're all 340, 350, 360 on base percentage guys at top of that order. You know, other than other than smoking and even at least Russell Martin's numbers for, for on base are decent. But you know the the you know Alex left behind the contracts of Tulowitzki and Martin, um, and and the, and the Jays signed Donaldson, uh, the new the new Jays did. But those were going to be you knew the day Russell Martin signed that the end of his contract was going to be not great. Yeah. But but I always thought he brought value to all the things that he did when he was catching. Now he has to move aside because. You know they have another catcher, and he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna be the expensive utility guy to get nothing from Tulo. That's twenty million dollars of nothing. You know twenty three million dollars of nothing from Donaldson. There's a lot of a lot, a lot of nothing that's circumstantial. <laughs> but where was management to to help you know this team get faster and quicker and stronger and better hitters and. You know, every baseball person, you know, people throw out all of the different, there's so many stats now, and there's so many numbers, and there's so many different things you can use. But the one thing almost everybody seems to agree on is that on-base percentage really, really matters. Right. And 
they were terrible at it last year, and they're terrible at it again. And, you know, the guys they picked up, the off-season guys, none of them have have played a factor in, no. in that at all. They're all guys who don't get on base enough, and they don't run well enough. They, you know, you know run, run through. And, you know, the, and the one good news story in, in, this whole, in this weird, crazy season was two weeks of Kendis Morales. Right. <laughs> you know, who, who everybody was ready to get rid of, right? Yeah. He was like the least popular $11 million buy in history. And then all of a sudden, bang, home run, bang, home run. You know, suddenly, maybe maybe someone might even want him now. But there, you look right now, and you try and construct a lineup for the future. Oh, it's all patchwork. And it's, there's nothing other than Vladdy Guerrero Jr. that you can look at and say, that's certain. Right, right. Everything else is maybe. You know, maybe Teoscar Hernandez can learn how to catch the ball. Maybe, you know, you know, Diaz can play shortstop. Maybe, you know, Bichette will be ready soon. Maybe Biggio will be ready soon. Maybe these pitchers, like, it's funny. Everybody was all Ryan Baraki crazy. Yeah. You know, you know, he looks like he's 11 years old and, <laughs> you know, he's pitching really well. You know, second time through the league, you learn about pitchers. Yes, when they figure you out. What, well, when teams just get a look at you and mm-hmm. they get a sense, and everybody scouts, get some tape, yeah. And suddenly, you know, you know, now he's getting hammered. And you know, here was um, Pannon, you know, comes up, and you think, wow, look at this guy, you know, so almost throws a no hitter in his first start and gets hammered in his second start. Like, there isn't, there is not a lot of sure thing guys here. And for all the great talk about them rebuilding the system. Most of the guys that are rebuilding the system with are the guys who were left behind when Anthopolis left. Exactly. And Steve, that's your, your point earlier to how the team, when Shapiro and Atkins really took over in that third year, so two years of playoffs, then the next year, when, when they lost to the Indians, what was the talk? As you said, they needed to get younger, they needed to get faster, they got Steve Pierce, old, slower, injury prone and I'm like well there you go and it's just like when you had that window you didn't take advantage and now it's like a wasted year like if you know you're going to rebuild fine go do it like it seems like we've wasted a year that could have been a rebuild if that management team wasn't going to go for it well here's the thing when when you look at players who come up you want to see where their fundamentals are. What have they learned in the minors? There's, all, there's been all this talk, changing the cat. Great catchphrases, right? Mm-hmm. Mark Shapiro catchphrase. We're going to change the chemistry. We've never quite known what that means <laughs> until, until it happens. We're yeah. going to do things differently in the minors. We're going to, we're going to develop better. So they, I'll, I'll use Lords Guriel Jr. as an example. So they bring up Lords Guriel Jr. And clearly he's going to be a major league hitter. You, know, right. you, you look at him, you can just see that. But I don't know where he's going to play. Sure. Doesn't look like a shortstop. Doesn't look like a second baseman. Um, third is going to be where Guerrero is until he, he can't play that anymore. Um, and so here you got to, you know, like, f- where where did they put him in the minors to teach him to play the place he's going to play in the big leagues? That's a great uh, point. And, yeah. and, and why are so many of these guys coming up seemingly fundamentally not sound? Hmm. And, 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 you know, I, I feel for John Gibbons because you can look at, I mean, you will look at last night's game, for example. You know, I think they made four, 
four errors if, if they were all scored errors, and I don't know if they all were. But think to yourself, you know, managers are supposed to emphasize defense and supposed to be teaching that and working on it all the time. If you give a guy an outfielder who can't catch a ball, who can't track a ball properly, is that the manager's fault? <laughs> or is it the fault of the people who gave him that guy? Yeah, and, and you gotta, where have they you been learning? This guy in left field, and you got to you got to try and make him an outfielder. Well, right. isn't he supposed to learn that somewhere else? Be, you're not supposed to learn that in the majors. No, that's a great point, Steve. Yeah, you're you're, you're right. And, and then guy, I'm honestly he, he he plays the outfielder like a rec league player. Yeah, just casual. Have yeah, it's it's a guy who isn't technically sound. Yeah. Jeez. And and you know when they traded for I'll use Diaz as an example because he's had a nice offensive year in a way, um, when they traded for him, a scout I know told me that he was the worst offensive shortstop in the National League. Wow. And he's actually he's been a little better than I expected, but, but that's what I was told by the scout. The same scout told me that Solarte couldn't play a position. Well, he really didn't really have a position to play. Um, and, and so clearly the guys that they have been able to either attract in trades or target are flawed players. And they probably know their flaws, but there is, seems to be an organizational thinking that defense doesn't matter. And I'm old school that way. I don't understand it. Well, Steve, we're seeing that it does because they just got swept by the freaking Baltimore Orioles, like, sizably. Shut out 7 nothing, 12-5, 10-5 on a four-game losing streak. Like, you're being embarrassed by the Orioles, who are the worst team in baseball. You know what I'd love to do if it, if it was possible? I don't think it is possible. I'd love to go into a room with Buck Showalter and John Gibbons and the door closed, and we're going to talk off the record completely. What's it like managing these teams? Yeah, that'd be fascinating. Here you've got two quality major league managers. You know, I, I think Showalter's been one of the best and continues to be one of the best. And here he's got this absolutely dreadful lineup, and they and they traded half of it away, and you know, and 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 when you ask Gibbons questions at this point in the season, and he knows he can't answer them, he just rolls his eyes. Yeah, <laughs> like like you know, and and he he looks around like what you know, what am I going to do with this guy? I remember years ago. I'm going to a hockey analogy. Years ago, uh, when I was covering the Calgary Flames, they signed a defenseman out of U.S. college hockey. And they, part of the deal was, they signed him in mid-season, part of the deal was that he was going to play right away. That was in the contract. Okay. And the coach knew he couldn't play right away. And he looked at us one day and said, what the hell am I going to do with this kid? <laughs> and they just spent every day teaching him and teaching him and teaching him. The funny thing is, Jamie McCallan had a pretty good NHL career. Oh! But... but <laughs> But at the beginning, Bob Johnson was like, they, ha- they told me I have to play him. Gee, I ready. love Jamie McCowan, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Steve, what a mess. What a mess. And it's still, because it's baseball, there's still a month to go. Well, here, here, okay, but here's the thing. Let's, let's look forward. to. Let's go off season now for a sec. You have Marcus Stroman. What is he? Hmm. And do you want him? With all that attitude, yeah. Two sides there. Do you do you like him? Do you want him? And do you want his pitching? And what's he worth on a down season? Probably, you know, you're selling him at a at a low price if you're trading. What's Aaron Sanchez? 
these two guys were top of the rotation pitchers prior to the year. They in, were expected lot, to carry a lot it. of people's, and, and 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 they have top of the rotation talent. But but if you can't pitch, it doesn't matter. So what are they? And if they're not there, then who is there? And what's and the what message? Because Estrat, let's be honest, Estrat is gone. Yeah, he's done. You know, there, there is the possibility of Hap coming back if Hap chooses to. But I don't know why he would. But 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 he said that there's a possibility of that. And and he'd be what thirty seven or whatever. Yeah, he'd be pretty, pushing it. Pretty darn old. But you need you need those two guys to be significant, and they weren't this year, and half of them weren't last year. Mm-hmm. And so we're now two seasons away from Sanchez being the ERA leader in the American League, and three seasons away from him being the, the great eighth, eighth inning guy. And so he's had two lost years in a row. And do pitchers bounce back from that? Like, will he ever be great again? Or can he be great again? <laughs> With and, overcoming, yeah. Know, and, and I don't care how smart Mark Shapiro might be. I don't care how smart Ross Atkins might be. They can't know the answer. It's impossible to know the answer. And you can't rely on those guys. Just as they didn't know the answer all season long on Josh Donaldson, you know, who, you know, yesterday to me is the the ultimate Donaldson crazy story. You know, know, they they have him potentially on waivers, hopefully with interest from other teams, somebody interested in paying four million bucks for a month of Donaldson and maybe, you know, stick him in their lineup and who knows, maybe get a playoff thing out of him. Um, if he's healthy enough to go, plays one game in Dunedin, can't play the second game. Well, eventually it got rained out, so it didn't matter. And now they have a double header today, and I think it's probably too late now to get him on waivers, have him clear waivers, and then get him traded well, yeah. by, the, by the deadline to get him on a playoff roster. Leg soreness. So, he, this is like the ultimate indignity of one of the great Blue Jays there's ever been. Because, you know, why in God's name would you give. Uh, a qualifying offer to a guy you don't even know if he's going to be healthy enough to play. Jeez. Yeah, that's the thing. And, and you weren't going—you were going to get scraps for him anyway. Do you, do, do you remember? Do you remember this? I don't, I don't know if you do. Ross Atkins had his end of season press conference or, or sit down with the media last year, as they tend to do, and he'll probably do at the end of this season. And we, we go over a million different things with him, and he tries to answer questions as best he can. And he brought this up. We didn't actually bring it up. He brought up one of the things that really had to improve was communication between the training staff, the players, the doctors, and management. He thought there was a, a disconnect in, in oh. how information was flowing and all that. If he thought that a year ago, what in... What in Name it. Is he thinking now? Yeah. Jeez. Oh man. Well, Steve, we could go. We could go all day with this. Let's uh, let's do it again soon. Thank you so much. All right. Appreciate. It. Thanks, Andrew. All right, Steve Simmons, Toronto Sun columnist. Yeah. What a great point at the end. If Atkins was concerned about miscommunication, then what about now? What like behind the scenes stuff needs to be changed for the Blue Jays? Before, as they said, twenty twenty supposed to be go time. So if that's the case, if that's the promise, you got one year, you got one season to turn this whole thing around. There is a lot of work to do. We're going to step aside, come back to wrap up the show. Leafs poll update, your fake memorabilia update. You can tweet at TSN 1050 Radio. Worst piece of sports memorabilia that's fake that you ever bought. 
that you ever purchased. There are some good ones. We'll get to that and more on Toronto Today. Back to wrap up Toronto Today here on TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, the iHeartRadio app. I'm Andy McNamara. Top of the hour, it's Gareth Wheeler on the Scott MacArthur Show. Overdrive following that. You can get us on Twitter at AndyMC81 at TSN 1050 Radio. And a fun show today, talking Jays, talking NFL. Uh, this coming in, Elvis Doomerville retiring from the NFL with 105 and a half career sacks over a 12-year career. Spent the majority of his career with Denver, then Baltimore after that, and finished up last season with the San Francisco 49ers. Still six and a half sacks. Still six and a half sacks. Not bad in 12 seasons. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe, producer Joe Narsa, wasn't Elvis Doomerville in that fax fiasco come free agency time when it was like the, he was with Denver in 2012 then his agent didn't fax in the contract in time and then Denver was just like okay forget you and then Baltimore signed him it was something like that I think it was Doomerville yeah and, and Doomerville was like going in as a big free agent yeah. like at that season and his he agent played well up. with Denver sure he, he was in that season his free agent year he had 11 sacks yeah, and that was wasn't that the year that uh, Peyton Manning and the Broncos defense like went all out and then oh. got dismantled by the Seahawks in the Super Bowl, and then the next year they lost Doomerville. Right, and then he, that's when he was in Baltimore. Yeah, yeah, and everybody was worried, and then they did it again. And this time, like Manning just you know didn't do anything, but somehow they won the Super Bowl. His mind, mind powers, Joe. Mind He's a Jedi. Powers. He stood there and said, "We will win," and that's it. That's all he did. He's just masterful. And then Doomerville in 2014 had 17 sacks. Like you forget how good this guy was, but he's stepping aside. He said to concentrate on his family and uh, his business. So hey, good for good for Doomerville. 30, uh, I think 34 years old. Fourth round. How about this? How about this for value? 2006 fourth round pick, 126 overall by the Broncos, and gets 105 and a half career sacks. Who'd the Browns take in the first round? Stop, Joe. I don't know. 2006, I don't know. Probably a crappy quarterback. Could it have been one to add on the jersey? I don't know. You know what? Would that be. Was that Brady Quinn or was Brady Quinn 2007? That's interesting. Friend of the station, Brady Quinn. Mm. Yeah. I've, I've interviewed Brady Quinn. I've like pushed down. It's like, why were you so awful at quarterback? Sorry. Sorry, he was Brady. great in college. He wasn't even that great in college. He had guns. Him and Tebow, like the most beautiful quarterbacks going, but their arms were... Like, there's something to be said. I've heard this argument. Quarterbacks should not be like sculpted giant arms. It inhibits the throwing motion. And that's what I think with Brady Quinn. There was, Brady Quinn was known for his three and outs, and un, despite the big arms, unable to throw more than like five yards accurately. There was a, his jersey when he got... Traded from the Browns to Denver. They called it the three and out specials. Three Brady Quinn jerseys for the price of one. <laughs> Have you ever heard my logic towards oh. drafting players? No. So you just draft guys with great names. Just great names. Because guys with bad names can never be a superstar. And that's a Billy guarantee. Oh. It's impossible. Name one superstar with a terrible name. It doesn't exist. Boo. That's a good question. You draft a guy named Blake Bortles, I can promise you he'll never win MVP. Bad name. Bad name. And in that 2006 draft, it was Mario Williams went first overall. Elvis Doomerville, fourth round. The Browns with the 13th overall pick, uh, Cameron Wimbley. See, end. I would have been, if I was at a table, I would have been like, who's this guy? This Elvis, Elvis Doomerville guy. We need him first round. His name's like, Elvis. He's, he's in the fourth round. How is a guy named Elvis not going to be a star? <laughs> AJ Hawk I just went fifth overall. Head. What a name. Ooh. AJ Hawk. Oh, and that guy can hit people. And AJ Hawk is like an action film star. Like Vernon Davis. 
Then you get a name Michael Huff. Eh. Don't draft that guy. No one knows Michael Huff. So, and here's the thing. Try and start doing this for future because it's unfair to go back, right? Because you could say, like, okay, Tom Brady's a great name, but it's kind of boring. Yeah. But it sounds like the perfect quarterback. Tom Brady. Do you want to know who who your Eagles drafted? And this goes exactly with your uh, uh, idea here, Joe. Um, Eagles, uh, Brodick Bunkley. Terrible. I remember him. He's so garbage. Like Bunkley. It's a bunk. Yeah, Bunkley. It's, it's like, name. oh, man, that guy's, oh, oh. Bunkley. Yeah, Bunkley. Come on, Bunkley. Hold on a Bunkley. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Bunkley seems like something a British person would say, like, as like, oh, you screwed oh, up. Bunkley. Oh, you pulled a Bunkley. Pulled a- <laughs> totally pulled a Bunkley. This Next year's draft, we'll do this. We'll, we'll look yes. through it, and we'll circle a couple names that there's no way can be good based on their name. Like, we're not allowed to scout. No. And we'll Just look name. at players that, oh, this guy's got a great name. Outside of, like, you know, the players that are in the top ten or something, because we'd probably know who they are. And we'll see what happens, because I can promise you, no great player has a bad name. A bad, in the NFL. No, in general, in sports, there's well, not a lot of bad ones. I'll argue with the CFL. There's a lot of hard-to-pronounce names in the CFL, and I'm convinced that, like, southern NFL teams look at some of these names and are like, I can't say this. You're not, you're not in the league. You're out. Like, the CFL has, like, a whole bunch of, like, Two, three, four, like McLeod Bethel Thompson. Can you imagine Jerry Jones? Like, there's three last names here. Not okay, interested. Okay, okay, but hold on. <laughs> like superstars, even in the CFL. Mike Riley. CJ Gable. Bo Levi Mitchell. Bo Levi Mitchell sounds unreal. Ricky Ray. Ricky Ray sounds great. Great Southern names. Even when you had um, S.J. Green. S.J. Green sounds unreal. Like, I would draft S.J. Green in any sport. I'd be like, S.J. Green, that James guy. Wilder Jr., he has wild in his name. Yeah, Done. he can do everything. It's terrific. That's what I'm telling you. It's huh? it's the, listen. It is the most idiotic, <laughs> uh, like thought process and like way of evaluating talent. But that is my that is the one thing I believe in. That is, uh, you know what? We'll do that for next year's NFL draft. Have some more tweets coming in at TSN 1050 Radio at Andy MC 81. The worst piece of knockoff sports memorabilia you've ever purchased. Here's from Alex at AWIII75 on Twitter. Says, bought a Flyers jersey for my brother. They sewed the wrong sleeves on the body of the jersey and then would not replace it. So you have a Flyers jersey with another team's arms on it. That is amazing, Alex. And they wouldn't replace it. Yikes. Wow, that's pretty bad. Then we got from at Owen underscore Sum. He's all in. He says, where's a good place to get a $20 jersey? He doesn't care. (laughs) Owen on Twitter, he doesn't care. He's like, I've heard these horror stories. I've heard from Alex where uh, a Flyers jersey with different arms on. I don't care. I'll pay $20 for any jersey. Tip of the cap to you, Owen, at Owen underscore Psalm. That is, that is great. And Toronto Baghead responded with a website for 60% off knocked knockoff jerseys. I think we're starting something here. The knockoff jersey market. It, it can be to the point where it's so, so bad, it's awesome. Like, if you just have something that's a knockoff, like my walk-on Baker Mayfield hoodie, it looks the same. It's a sweatshirt. It's a Walk on. It's the one like the one he wore. There's not like if you looked at it, you're not going to be like, oh, that's not the same. It looks the same. But when you have like Joe's example of Tebow's name on the back of a Tyrod Taylor Bills jersey, that's next level. When you have like Alex said, a Flyers jersey with the other another team sleeves on it, that's amazing. I wonder if there's a point. What do you think, Joe? Is there a point where like you get something so bad it just becomes great? 
Like, yeah, like, like that's that? the Colton or jersey scenario. It says or Colton on the back. Like they completely got the guy's name wrong. Instant conversation starter. And and the and the just the design of a jersey where you don't have a first name. Yeah. And I will okay, here's another hot take for you. Okay. What do you respect less? Fake jersey guy yeah. or two teams glued together jersey guy? Oh. Well, I don't respect that because then you're cheering for two teams. Well, okay, what about home and away sewn together oh, jersey I like guy? That. Really? I like that. Well, oh, man, I cannot be your friend outside like, of this place. Like, wow. Wow. Comes out, Joe. Well, I don't think it's something I personally would wear, but I can get it from, like, it's kind of a, an interesting look, right? You have a, I have both. It's, it's something that stands out a little bit. Everybody has just the normal jersey. How about this one from at Nick Belich? Says, I bought a Leaf jersey at the CNE one year for $30. It's a Gilmore jersey, but it's the 70s, 80s style with the thick stripe when he didn't play for the Leafs. And the jersey had a C on it from that style. And, yeah, he says the jersey looks great, but it was it was a little bit off. Okay, I could make him feel better. Gilmore actually did wear that jersey for a little bit. Oh, uh, let's see. He, he said, you know what? He wore... The, he did wear the 80s piping with like the kind of the first Harold yeah. Ballard remodel. Yeah, he did wear that jersey for a little bit, I think for like a couple weeks, and then the season ended. So technically, he can say he it's has an authentic. authentic Leaf jersey, other than the fact that Gilmore's probably spelled incorrectly. Oh, yeah, like three O's. He's like 92. Gilmore. Gilmore 92. <laughs> <laughs> Fake stuff is great. Wasn't there, Joe, or was this authentic? You had like a Raptors. Like all white with purple sleeves, dino jacket, which just sounds horrific. Okay, well, listen, what, all right, and that was an authentic piece of, of 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 outerwear, right? Okay, I'm a very big hip hop guy, and at the time, oh my, um, when I was like 14 or 15 in grade nine, mm-hmm. it was all about the starter jackets, right? And I was, you, and the whole thing was you got to rep your city, like that's the way it was. And before Drake made Toronto cool for everybody, Toronto was only cool in Toronto. It had. Purple. Yeah, we were purple. Purple. So I bought a white starter jacket with pur- and it was all shiny, right? Oh, like sure. when you walk, it kind of sounds like garbage bags walk, like walking and yeah, sh- you know the whooshing it had a little glimmer to it. Exactly. Yeah. So I was wearing a the ba- the front was white um, with purple buttons. It had purple sleeves and then red and purple striping and piping around the collar and the sleeves. And at the bottom as well. That's a loud look, Joe. So, and it also had no zippers. So, like, you could only clip the buttons on. So, it was like a Letterman jacket mixed in <laughs> with a starter jacket. And you could see me from a mile away. Like, I'm pretty sure this thing was 3M. You were. <laughs> and I had a massive uh, Raptors logo on the back. And it was a purple dino. If you went anywhere, well, even probably in the city, but outside the city, people would just like shake their head at you. And they'd see you coming from a mile away. Let's wrap up our Leafs poll here at TSN 1050 Radio at AndyMC81. Are you surprised with Leafs training camp just around the corner that the Maple Leafs have not done anything of significance to improve the defense? Yes, it's their biggest weakness. No, they're being patient. No, not much out there. Leading the way at 44% is no, they're being patient. Then 36 no, not much out there. And 20% yes, biggest weakness. Uh, one more on Twitter, set at Jeff- Jefferson James on Twitter. I like the D. Pretty much the same group coming back. Lots of familiarity with room for one or two spots for a young kid to impress. Sites have will be better. Settled now. Uh, newborn's a little older. And Riley about to take the next step. So he's positive with it. You can still vote on that poll. And we'll be back with you tomorrow to wrap up the week on Toronto Today. So for producer Joe Narsa and Steve Eliopoulos, I'm Andy McNamara. Gareth Wheeler is up next. I'll be back tomorrow at 11 a.m. right here on TSN 1050.